Well, hey you, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast with your host, Maddie Moon. I'm here with two very special guests, Allison Lipzig. I should have asked her exactly how to say that last name. I'm not sure. I think that's it. And Michelle Goldblum. Soul Camp co-founders Michelle and Allie united to bring all of the things they love together to create a completely transformative experience for both themselves and their communities. Going to sleepaway camp together as children and now both entrepreneurs in the health and wellness space, they saw that there lacked large-scale community experiences that were not only deep and healing, but fun and playful as well. They believe in the power of joy to change the world, and it happens one camper at a time. So we will get all into Soul Camp, the beautiful sleepaway camp that they founded. But first, I just want to tell you a little bit about why I felt so called to have Ali and Michelle on the podcast. When I first heard about Soul Camp, I was like, whoa, this sounds like an amazing time. It's not really a retreat. It's a sleepaway camp. You're playing really fun games. You're doing a lot of inner healing work. So you're getting into the meditation, the yoga, the Tibetan bowl therapy, chakra astrology. But you're also getting to do color wars and to play games and to go be by the water and to just have fun. Trampolines and competitions and uh Soul Camp Olympics, like it is a beautiful experience for having healing, yes, but also healing through play and through fun. And if you know me, then you know that play and goofiness and just being vulnerably goofy is a big important thing to me. So I wanted to have Allie and Michelle on to talk about their camps. They have two coming up, one in New York and one in California, and I have the links to those in the show notes for this episode, and I would love for you to check them out. Before we head on over, here is the review of the week. This one is pretty long, so I'm going to shorten it, but it says, um, so helpful. I'm in love with this podcast with five stars from Steph Smith, Indiana girl. Recently came across this podcast and instantly fell in love with it. Maddie is so relatable and I can relate to so much to her and her topics. Listening to past episodes and I've loved them all so far. While I haven't had an eating disorder, I'm such an emotional eater and jump on diets only to have a meltdown a week later and eat a sleeve of Oreos. This podcast has given me so many aha moments and confidence. Thank you so much, Steph, for sharing that with me. I'm so grateful to know that even though you haven't had an eating disorder, you have found some food healing and some confidence from this show. You're going to love today's podcast. I just know it. Uh, Last but not least, a shout out to our wonderful show sponsor, and that is my partnership with Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a beautiful company created and founded by a woman with a really big mission and ambition to see the way that we do skincare change. While many other countries have thousands of chemicals banned, the United States only has 11 chemicals banned from skincare and beauty products, and that has not been updated since the 1930s. One of the things that I've given more attention to by stepping into my femininity has been my rituals. My rituals of putting on lacy lingerie that makes me feel good, or my rituals of getting my face ready before bed. And I was doing these rituals with skincare products that were probably putting 
things into my body because your body is your largest organ and can absorb anything and everything and I was putting stuff on that causes infertility and cancer so when I was introduced to Beauty Counter from my mentor now she was so passionate about it and got me to watch the human experiment which totally opened my eyes to why I feel called to partner up with Beauty Counter not only do I love their products but I love their mission so if you would like to hear more to see if you want to join my team you can reach out to me for a virtual coffee date I would love to hop on on Skype with you or hop on the phone and just have a cup of coffee with you to, to share why I love this company so much and how it's authentically helped me to step into my feminine flow. If you want to find other ways to get involved, you can go directly to my beauty, beauty counter site. If you just want to check out the products, that's beautycounter.com slash Madeline Moon. I will have a link on that in the show notes for this. And I also have a Facebook group, especially for women who are looking to nourish their femininity with skincare and beauty. That's the name of the group. You can also find it on the show notes because I'll have a link. So I'll have separate links all for these different things. I would love for you to check out my sponsor just if you want to shop and buy some healthy products for your family, for your kids, and you want to get, get away from chemical skincare beauty products and just go more cleaner and more minimalistic. It's great for that. If you want to join my team and you too want to be a consultant and help spread the word, that's an awesome way to go too. And I'd be happy to hop on the phone with you. Thank you guys for listening to this long intro. I cannot wait for this podcast episode. So let's go on and head on over to the show. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Okay, and we are back here with the Mind Body Musings podcast with our beautiful guests, Ali and Michelle of Soul Camp, a wonderful sleepaway camp for an adults. <laughs> I am so excited. The minute I heard about this beautiful project they were doing, I wanted in. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to help. I wanted to see what kind of people were going to be speaking at this wonderful event. And I'm just so happy to have the founders here today to talk with us about how they learn to play as adults, how they've learned to make friends, how to express themselves vulner vulnerably and just live the beautiful lives that they currently have. So thank you, ladies, for being here today. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank, thank you, you so for having us. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I'm so happy. So the first thing, of course, we always do on the show is dive into the background and the story of the guest. So if each of you could share a little bit, we can start with Allie. If you'll just share a little bit about how you got to where you are today, maybe how you 
had play become so much of a valuable aspect of your life? What led you here? Mm. I love that you just start off and go right in. It's awesome. (laughs) So how did I get to this place where play has been so important to me? Because it was something that I didn't allow myself to do. And I, Maddie, was like looking into some of the things that you wrote before this. And I love that you talk about letting go of perfectionism. And for me, I am, was still dealing with my perfectionist nature. And um, I think, you know, for me growing up, I just, I grew up in a very typical Northeast Jewish home where success and achievement was, um, I, I felt like made my value and my worth. So I was put on this path where I was the A plus student. I needed to be in all the A, AP classes. I needed to get into the best college. And I thought that if I did that, all would be laid out for me in my whole life and everything would be good. And as we know, once we um, enter into the real world, that's not that's not what happens. There is no linear path like that. Um, at least that wasn't my destiny. So I really, um, when I graduated college, came, felt this open abyss and was terrified. There were no rules to follow. I could actually do whatever I wanted, but the the social rules didn't feel good for me. Like there were. Um, I went to school for graphic design and um, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a job in a design firm in New York City and get this apartment and be in a relationship and all will be well. And when that didn't happen, I really um, felt lost and I, I, I hit a bottom in a way and I was searching and seeking and I feel so blessed that I was introduced to um, my, I, I was like, of course, okay, what am I going to do now? I feel lost. I'm going to hire a trainer because I need to lose weight. That's the answer. And this trainer that I hired happened to be super spiritual and introduced me to the work of Marianne Williamson and A Course in Miracles at age 21. And oh my goodness, that just opened up a whole new world for me um, where I got to play. Oh, I want to say like play with my soul. Like it, I, I got to see that there was a whole vast universe inside of me and in the connection between people that I was interacting with. And it led me down a path um, of spirituality. And from there, I'll get back to the play thing. (laughs) From there, um, you know, a spiritual path, as it should be, it's super sacred. and, And, but it can also be really serious. And like I said, in moments, it should be. Um, But we've forgotten how to play. And not just spiritual arrows, like adults, we've forgotten how to play. So when Michelle and I, so Michelle and I actually went to sleepaway camp growing up together, but we didn't know each other. And we got reconnected in our mid-20s here in New York City. And when the second we met, we started like having this playful energy between us, like singing camp cheers, skipping down the street, like doing these games. And our friends thought we were crazy. They were like, what is wrong with you? And so when the chance to create soul camp happened, um, I just dove right in. And to be honest, like play, um, I've always had kind of a silly nature to myself when I let myself be free of that perfectionist nature. So that's who I am. I love being playful. And at the same time, I don't necessarily, uh, 
it's not easy to make that a practice in my everyday life. So soul camp for me almost solves that problem. It's like, it's like a, a few days every year that I get to go full out on, um, in playing. So yeah, that's kind of, that's my story in a nutshell and <laughs> happy to talk more about this later on in the, the podcast. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. That's so beautiful. And I, I totally relate to wanting to be on this one path and thinking this one path is this that's the path you're supposed to be on and then going yeah. down and realizing like you want something else or you want more play and life isn't going to be arranged from the moment your your eyes open <laughs> from birth right even though other people might have expectations it's not the way it goes i think it's so cool y'all went to camp together and didn't even know each other <laughs> how like beautifully in sync is that okay awesome. yeah now michelle what about you Yes, I know. That's like the best part of our whole story. The fact that we went to camp and didn't know each other there um, and found each other 15 years later, an intensity flash mob in Washington Square Park. That's how we reconnected 15 years later. Um, but anyway, yeah, my story is is different from Allie, but similar also. Um, I graduated from college and like went into what I was supposed to do, quote unquote, which was get a top job in New York City um, in marketing. I dove into pharmaceutical, big pharma, global branding and marketing. Um, and I rose up really, really quickly. I bought an apartment on the Upper West Side. I moved in with my financial investment banker boyfriend. And like from the outside in, I had this whole life where everything like looked really together. Um, but I was addicted to Adderall and I was smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day. And I was going out almost every night, drinking every night, eat, drinking so much and eating so little. Um, and I just thought like that, that emptiness could be filled by, you know, like Ali said, like losing more weight or getting the next promotion or the next vacation or the next, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And um, it wasn't until by the grace of the universe, me and Kevin, my boyfriend at the time, um, broke up and he moved out of the apartment that we were living in together. And my best friend was like, you know, let's go to this place, Omega. I, I happened to be raised with a very, very spiritual mother. She ran a spiritual retreat center. And so when I was growing up, our vacations were going to Omega Institute, um, which is a big, it's like um, a big holistic center where a lot of amazing education and programming takes place. And my friend Kim was like, you know, he's moving out of the apartment. Let's just go away for the weekend. Let's go to this place Omega you grew up in. There's this woman teaching this workshop there about, you know, your inner child and things like that. I feel like you would love it. And we went and I remember I arrived Patricia Moreno's Intensati workshop. It was with 30 other women. And for the first time in my life, I was surrounded by people my own age who wanted to live in New York City, who didn't necessarily want to like live in Peru full time doing ayahuasca, like in a drumming circle, which is kind of the environment of spirituality I grew up in with my mom. Um, a lot of goddess groups, a lot of kirtan, and I love all of that, but it wasn't like my day to day that I felt connected with. Um, and I arrived at Omega and there were these 30 other women who were entrepreneurs and who were living their dreams and who were making these declarations of like, 
living their most amazing life. And it completely woke me up. You know, I joke around with Patricia always like I arrived that that first day hysterically crying, saying I have no idea who I am without this person, you know, without being Kevin's partner, without being a quasi stepmother to his two kids. Like that was my identity. That was my role without that. What am am I? Who am I? And it was through the course of those three days of like being around other women who were answering that same question that woke me up to a the power of community and be the power of myself. And I left that workshop and that year within that year, I quit my career, I sold my apartment, I went off to India by myself and um, began the path of discovering that answer for myself. Um, and, and it was only a few years later, a few years at like two years, maybe not even after that, that I met Allie and, um, you, you know, meeting Allie was like meeting my soulmate. You know, I could, I could cry Aww. and I never, I never cry in, in when we do interviews like this, but you know, it's so true. It's like, Ali was like the friend of my dreams um, and and like let alone business partner, but the friend of my dreams, someone from a similar background who really understood like my childhood, like we grew up going to the same camp together and um, struggled with the same things that I did, but like wanted to be in the spiritual community, continuing to better herself, but still wanted to live in New York City and, you know, not mm -hmm. not you know, go off on a drumming circle. So it was like this person <laughs> who like encapsulated and like, I felt that she was a few steps ahead of me on the path, which was amazing for me. Um, you know, just to, to look up to someone who was, who had been doing it for, you know, had, had been doing the work. Um, and so it, I think that like my first big path getting me to soul camp and everything that soul camp represents was the community aspect of it, because it really was through community that um, I was able to discover and continue to discover who I really am and shed all of the um, identities and personas and habits and that um, made up the the facade of what kept me comfortable, um, but not necessarily that was my true purpose and true true um, reason for being here. So I think I answered your question. <laughs> and that was a long way there, but... Wow. Yeah. 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 So I don't know about my listeners, but I know that I just got some serious like, of course, I am so happy for you guys to fight each other, but also a little bit of soul sister envy because I'm like, y'all are so cute. And I just love, I love that y'all found each other. And that's so special. And I'm like, that I there's no I mean, there are great feelings in the world that come from great people, like your boyfriend, your husband, whatever. But I think that there is something really, really beautiful that comes from when you find a person, the person who just is almost like your, it is, it's like a twin flame, but in, in sisters. And yeah. I think y'all, absolutely, I don't think I know y'all have that. And also yeah. when you were speaking, Michelle, I... I connected the dots on why I related to soul camp. And I was trying to wonder like, okay, this is like, okay, it's a sleep, it's a sleepaway camp for adults. Like I get that. Um, I see these kind of things all the time where they're, they're normally called retreats or something like that. But why am I feeling so called to looking into this soul camp? And I realized exactly what you were saying. It's like you guys have learned how to create a camp for adults that is not just about 
kundalini yoga and ayahuasca and peru which are all beautiful things but you yes, found that's... a way to include include tie-dye into that and color wars <laughs> and races and being goofy and human and that's one of my favorite things about being freaking alive is being to play like being playful yes. and that's another reason why i love y'all because play uh, on my my core values of my business and also me as a person it's always to stay in touch with my play because i am a leo i'm a lion i'm naturally very playful and when i repress that side of me whoa i so can go into my um my rising sign virgo which is just totally straightforward direct, like organized, structure, routine. And I can very easily go into that. So play has become something so important to me. And, and every single day I try to play in some way, even if it's just laughing at something stupid, I, I said in a quiet room, like take the time to enjoy the little things in life. And that's what I'm connecting about why I think Soul Camp is so cool. You do have those spiritual-esque aspects I know y'all do yoga and I know you do meditation and probably gong baths and all those beautiful practices that help you go internal, but you also have a beautiful balance of going outside, going external, you know, really getting out of your comfort zone with your physical body by being goofy and being playful and making new friends when maybe you before that had no idea how to make friendships as an adult. Totally. You're spot on and I love that you're so... You so get that like you're, when you when you were talking it reminded me well of two things one michelle and i like each year we pick a new onesie to come out and like surprise at the talent show <laughs> and it's yes. so fun it's just like because michelle and i realize like if we give ourselves permission to be silly and not care like everyone else is going to too mm -hmm. like they get to see and that becomes the culture at soul cam so people like just really get to be themselves and get out there and then we also do um a spin on color war called soul Olympics. And there's all these fun, different games that we made up um, that are like kind of making fun of certain spiritual things, but you just get to be silly and laugh and like seeing adults, like women in their sixties that come to camp. And also we have everyone, every age that comes, but seeing them laughing and getting outside themselves um, in that playful way. It's, it's so amazing. So yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and I really believe like just as spiritual as sitting, you know, as sitting around in a kirtan chanting or, or um, you know, going deep into your yoga practice or um, really just like melting into your meditation practice, what just as it's just as spiritual to jump out of control on a trampoline or to like go crazy down a water slide or to get in that go-kart or to go on that horseback ride. Like it's, it's the introduction of um, alternatives to spirituality because the, the bottom line is all of the roads, right? Be it through ayahuasca or be it through yoga or through trampolines or it's all getting you to that place of source of connection of, of deep reverence for life. Um, and for your place in life. And um, at Soul Camp, there's just like a million different ways to get there. It could be through, you know, dream catcher making, or it could be through an improv class, but it all leads to the same place. Mm -hmm. I love this that you pointed this out because I, when I think about it, I don't know if I ever really learned, it was even told, even a little bit told that you could feel the presence of God 
fill in the blank of what resonates with you through play. Like, that is never said. At least that wasn't said in my household. It was never play. My household was very loving and very supportive, but the way that they taught me about religion, which is that's what it was, it was very, like, religion um, controls. Here, this is the the one way, the one path. It was through... um, I don't even know, really. I mean, it wasn't through play. It wasn't through, like, just yeah. pure love. It was through a whole bunch of other things, which are fine and dandy. But I do think that's an element that is missing that I want to teach my kids whenever I have them. And I want to be an example for my uh-huh. friends of, like, you – like, I think love, of course, is one – is a beautiful way to practice your life. Love yourself. Love um, the divine. Love others. Love, love, love. But I think that we can build up our ability to love through pleasure, happiness, joy. And that, for me, personally speaking, comes from exactly what y'all are talking about, playing. I become the happiest version of myself mm-hmm. when I do something that I never thought I could do when it comes down to, like, being goofy. Because I've, I've been such a serious person for most of my life, and I have tapped into my my fun lightheartedness about two years ago and it felt like there was this part of me that had been totally repressed and that comes from as y'all read from my story perfectionism I was so on point all the time with trying to date the people my parents would approve of only have friends that would bring me up and make me successful too and like make the right decisions in my business and be vulnerable but not too vulnerable it was like so many different (laughs) ideals and boxes to fit into where was play supposed to go, you know, and, and being able to have that realization, which I hope right now, so many listeners are that they're realizing, Oh, maybe that's me too. Maybe I can try more play. That's an assignment I give my clients is just like, look for play, create play. Let's forget the journaling practices right now. I want you to go play. Mm, I love that so much. And that at our heart, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. And if yeah. we can remember that, it's like, you know, when we were kids, when we were playing around on recess and, you know, like when we were just like in our mommy and me group or whatever it was, when we were like just playing before the thoughts of, am I better? Am I better than this person? Am I worse than this person? You know, am I, am I being left out or am I included? Like before that. So when we were really, really young and we were just playing, we felt so present. We felt there was nothing else going on. We were in life fully. We were feeling life fully. And along the way, we've just forgotten the magic that comes from that. The magic that comes, you know, we're doing like a a summer challenge next week with our community. And it's like the magic that comes from, you know, like right now, like it's supposed to storm later today, right? It's supposed to storm here in your city. And I know that I have to walk a few blocks. And in the past, before I was like more aware of this in the past, I would be like, okay, how could I get an Uber? How could, how could I not get wet at all? Like, what can I do? (laughs) And like, now it's like, wow, it's a sun. It's going to be a summer thunderstorm. I have three blocks. Let me put on my huge wellies and like, let me get soaked. Like there's nothing like the freedom that comes from let me run through a sprinkler right now, or, you know, let me splash in this huge, in this 
huge puddle right now. Like that thrill that we get from these things that we don't allow ourselves as we've gotten to be adults because they're a wait, quote unquote, a waste of time or quote unquote, will like ruin our schedule of the day. But that, that quick thrill that comes from getting caught in a thunderstorm without like advanced preparation around how to avoid it. I don't know. I think it's just so important. And I think it's something that we as an adult have um, fallen to the wayside a little bit. And I think there's a, a pretty good correlation between the lack of that play and that joy and that thrill and just like the ho-humness that so many adults feel in their life. Yes, the whole humness, that's the perfect way to describe it. So while y'all, like, I love this. These are perfect examples. Like, the rain example is amazing. And while y'all are so in tune with your playfulness and, like, being able to take things light and just, you know, don't take life so seriously. With that said, I know there are still things that you're dealing with. Let's, like, say an edge. There's an edge in your life where you're on the verge of something new or you are letting go of a past story. Could each of you share maybe what your edge is right now? What are you working through? What could be a vulnerability or something that's been kind of struggling, but you're putting love and compassion into this area to help see it grow and shift in healthy ways? Yeah. Thank you for asking us that question. Um, I'll go first. This is Allie. So for me, that edge right now is my relationship to food. And this is something I've always, always, always struggled with and I um, handled it in many different ways, diets, um, not caring at all what I ate, um, going to nutrition school, becoming a health coach, becoming a body confidence expert, thinking that <laughs> that was what was going to be the thing for me. Um, and it was amazing because I was teaching and coaching and and um, then got back into this work with Soul Camp and found myself four years later dealing with the same issue, but almost worse. Um, like the core of why I was reaching to the food in the first place began to come up and that this is so present right now for me. So, um, I, I kind of realized this about four months ago and was able to see it in reflection in my, I got to see it because I was in a beautiful, loving relationship where this was being mirrored back to me. And, I dove right in and got support around it. And right now, you know, it's it's hard, to be honest with you, because I am so used to using food as um, my, com- my blanket, like my comfort blanket, right? And um, there's moments that I like really, really want to reach for the food. And instead, I call people and just cry and say, this is really hard right now. Um, but I'm relearning like how to be with the feelings that are so uncomfortable that I tried to numb in the first place. So that's my edge. And it's really humbling to be able to even just talk about that on, on this with you because I haven't shared it. I was teaching and coaching about all of this stuff and yeah, it feels so good to say because Mm -hmm. we're human. It feels so good to say. Oh, thank you. Yes, good for you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you're in the best company right now for that. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> this podcast was only about food and body image 
um, topics for the first two and a half years. It just recently kind of switched into bigger, broader topics that are still the underlying reasons of the body image issues, like perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Like that's (laughs) a core reason why we turn to food to cope with the anxiety we're dealing with. But I'm so grateful and appreciative of you sharing that. Just the other day I was here, I was listening to a podcast and the woman her name is Alexandra Roxo. Recently kind of just fell in love with her work, but she was talking about, like she said exactly kind of what you just said. She said, um, you don't need another course, another training, another certification. You need to go to the darkness and the shadow. And yep. um, the person that she was talking to said, yes, you need to go there to heal it and uh, throw attention to it. And she goes, no, not even to heal it. You just need mm-hmm. to go to the darkness and be with it. Yep. Like no pressure exactly. to heal it. No pressure to change it, fix it, just be with it. And that was to me, I just got goosebumps even talking myself because I yeah. was like thinking about yeah. that. Like, yeah, just go there. That's it. Just be there. That's it. That's it. And, you know, I, I love that so much. Um, it's something that I resisted for so long, right? We always want to be like, okay, like we're going to do this so that we can feel good and to be in the light. And like, darkness isn't there's magic in the darkness like you can't see the stars if there's no dark like you can't see all the beauty that's there so yeah I love that you related to that too and it's so profound and so true if it just takes courage and support and um the willingness to go there yeah that's a beautiful quote thank you for sharing that I love it all right you're up Yes. And, you know, I just want to share, I have a friend, her name's Aruna Garrison. She's an amazing yoga instructor. And she once said to me, there's medicine in your darkness. Go there. Mm. Um, and mm. I love that too. It's a similar quote, but it's like, there's medicine there. There's medicine waiting for you. Um, and, you know, Allie and I are so similar <laughs> and <laughs> it's, you know, I've struggled with eating disorders for the past 15 years. And it's only um, in the last two years that I got really abstinent from um, being active in the eating disorder. And this year got sober also. Um, And next month, I'm getting married. And so it's like, there are a lot of changes. And there are a lot of um, sitting with feelings. And I think that the biggest thing that I'm working on right now, and it's even like, it's, it's new to me to really be aware that this is what I'm working on, but is feelings and um, not just the feelings of my own, but like when someone around me is upset, um, be it my fiance, be it my a family member, be it Allie, right? Like there's so, I have such a hard time um, letting them just be upset, letting people be with their feelings. Um, like I immediately with Allie, I, I want to go to a fix it mode with my fiance. I get angry at him for being angry. Like I, th- there's such little tolerance, um, around that. And so that's really an edge that I'm committed to working on. Um, definitely this year, definitely, you know, in the next few months, few weeks, few days before my <laughs> wedding for sure. Um, But yeah, it's that codependency that's underlying of like, you know, everything needs to be okay. You know, I need to, I can control everything. I'm, I'm in control of everything, even your feelings. And that's just not the case. And so really settling into that knowing um, that that's not the case and that's okay. And being able to be with other people's feelings and not try to fix them. Um, 
I think that's definitely an edge that I'm working through. Oh, so good. And what I would <laughs> ask you, because yes, I, I absolutely see how this could be labeled as a, a sense of codependency, like needing people's emotion. I was the same exact way in my last relationship, honestly. Um, but what I would like recommend, and I'm sure you've done this already, but for anyone listening and hearing this, I think it's a great thing to think about the fact that you can only accept or appreciate or allow emotions in another person to the extent that you do that within yourself. Mm, so mm -hmm. like, though you may want to, when you think about your partner's anger and you say, no, you can't be angry. Like you are trying to fix it in a sense. You are control. Let's fix this. Let's make it good. But also there could be some limiting beliefs around anger within you that you haven't even oh, looked at, you know, having, oh, like, no. that was the whole reason why I got so aware of my femininity issues because I like hated when my partners had any sensitivity and I looked at it and I was like that's weak stop being sensitive you're weak and then I was like holy mm -hmm. cow when is the last time I allowed myself to be sensitive like yeah I cry oh. but when have I ever allowed myself to cry and be okay with it and then I realized how afraid I was of my own anger and my own quote weakness which was actually just sensitivity or fear just a human thing and now i'm in a relationship with a pretty sensitive man and he's actually my partner from like seven years ago um sensitive then sensitive Aww. now and he's fantastic but like i love that part in him <laughs> because i've learned to love that in me so that was a beautiful place for me to start is just let me look at it within myself and then that codependency aspect really started to dissolve I'm sure you've done this work already, but just wanted to add that in there because I think it's a really good thing to think about. That's great. For sure. Yeah. No, and that's helpful for me. I mean, I'm in, I'm in it. Right. And there's definitely something I think there I've been, um, from a really early age running from the emotion of anger. Um, and, not feeling comfortable with the emotion of anger in in others and in myself. And I think when I was younger, I was really, really angry. And then at an at a young age, um, developed anorexia and like all of the anger went inward and kind of like was just towards me. And now that all of that's down, it's like, yeah, I think there's there's a new edge. I think I'm I'm revising my edge, which is getting getting comfortable with anger and seeing anger, um, in a new light, yeah. not, not necessarily uh, as a negative. Yeah. And I've, I've shared this before on this show, but there is something so socially acceptable about a woman who has sadness. Oh, she's sad. Like, Oh, I want to help her. But a woman who's angry, it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, she can't handle her emotions mm -hmm. or she's a bitch, you know, whatever they, they put labels on it. And we hear that we grow up hearing that we grow up hearing that a woman who's angry is not in control. She's a biatch. She is this. She's crazy. And for men, vice versa, men go ahead, feel angry, feel your emotional masculine rage. Yes. Testosterone. <laughs> You're such a man. But then when they feel sad, God forbid they shed a tear. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. He doesn't have his stuff together. Like, he is just, you know, he's a mama's boy. He needs nurturing. Yeah. And that's me. That's how I used to be. Like, right, you know, right. so to a T, I would say that same crap about very strong men. I would look at them and judge them. And I think a lot of the anger stuff going on, why it's repressed, is because of even the media. Like, not seeing that being a socially acceptable thing. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. You guys rock. Thank you for sharing your edges with us. Those are awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so good. Um, okay, so I would love to know how you have learned. We'll go on to the quickfire after this, but I do want to know how have you learned to play or play nicely with fear in your life instead of fighting mm. it, especially when y'all create these camps. I'm sure there's a lot that comes up for you. How have you learned to be alongside that instead of fighting it and pushing it away? L- learning, learning. <laughs> Mitch, I want to use what we did yesterday. So, yes, you know, exactly. as, as business owners, all of us, you know, come up against fear. Is this going to work? Even in our fourth year, is this going to work? Is this going to happen? Is this the last year we're doing soul camp? And it's very funny because we we're like talking to our friends last night about this fear that's coming up all of a sudden, like, I don't know if we can do it. And, um, meaning like get enough people and like really like make this a success. And they're like, okay, we're six weeks away. This happens this time every single year. Just, just know that. And we're like, okay. But what Michelle and I did last night was amazing. We, um, sat there and we're like, okay, what are we really afraid of? And I was like, Michelle go first. So, said all the fears and like part of me want to actually I did it I tried to be like no that won't happen and I'm like no that's her fear and then I went and I was like okay these are all of my fears like soul camp is dead like you know you go like to the worst part and um we just got it out and then Michelle went to work out I went to come home and regrouped and we were like okay Next, and we set up a time every morning now that we're going to just be praying so that we can stay in the state of um, what we desire versus what we fear. But there's, but fear is to be expected, right? So, um, what we did there, we we outed it, we leaned on our support system, <laughs> asked for help, was reminded that this happens to us every time, that it's so normal, and um, you know, I also like I reached out to some friends just to talk about it, and they're like, yes, I totally relate, totally get it. It's going to be okay. Um, And for me, and and we talk about this so much, but when you're doing big things in the world, when you're, when you are going into a space, when you're creating from a space of um, leadership and creating something new, you need support around you. You need to be able to lean on people that are going to remind you that of what you're capable of. Um, I wouldn't be able to get through this without that. Michelle and I, use each other in that way. Um, and we also have outside support. Oh yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle. No, I was just going to, um, I was just going to add on to that. Like, you know, it's, it's something and Ali, you just mentioned this, but like just knowing that just expect fear. I think that's the big, the big thing, like expect fear when you're doing big things, when, when you're creating something new, expect it, expect fear to happen. It's abnormal if it's not there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. I think often like it's the, it's the fear of fear approaching that scares people more than the fear itself. It's like the, it's like the stories you have around fear that are scarier than the feeling of fear. Like fear, fear means, fear means there's a possibility of failure. Fear means not ready. Fear means immature. (laughs) Fear means weakness. It's that underlying stuff 
so that when you feel that feeling, you go into panic mode because you're like, this isn't normal. This right. is going to fail. But if you're like, I love what you said. It's so simple. If you just expect fear, there's nothing really to, to, to get nervous about because you already know it's coming. You already know it's going to be there. So there's no reason to fight it. Totally. Yeah. And this is reminding me of something that's been coming up with my food stuff. Like I said, I called um, a friend the other day and I was like, this is so hard. And she was like, honey, she was like, rub your arm and say, I love you. You got this. You're being human. Of course it's hard. Like you're human. And of course fear is coming up. Like you're human. It's okay. It's okay that it feels hard sometimes. It's, It's okay that it feels scary sometimes. Like it's okay. And just that loving voice soothed me so much so i hope that helps someone else too in in the fear department oh yeah i love this piece of advice it's beautiful so you guys before we go to the quick fire round is there anything that you would like to touch on for soul camp are there any key nuggets you think people need to know that will help them to see if they would be a good fit for this Well, first, I guess I would want to say Soul Camp is happening. We have two Soul Camps coming up, one next month, August 23rd through 27th in New York. It's in Warrensburg, New York, about three hours north of New York City. And we have buses to and from New York City, if you can get yourself there. And then we have camp happening in California, in Sandra, California, about three hours from L.A., three hours from San Francisco. We have round-trip buses from L.A., Um, uh, that is October 24th through 28th. Um, and it's, you know, what I say to anyone who is thinking about Soul Camp, it's, you know, if you're looking for a community of people who are going to see you as who you really are and love you so much for that person um, and hold you to the person that you're becoming. Um, and, and, and it's, you know, I love, I have a friend who always like, when I go to her to like complain, she's like, I'm seeing you in your greatness. I'm not even talking to you about this. Like, cause I <laughs> see you in your greatness. And like, that's really like soul camp, like sees you in your greatness. Um, plus the fact that we have, 40 insane, incredible teachers of all things from astrology, numerology, angel reading, past life regression, Tibetan bowl healing, kundalini yoga, breath work, intensati, all different cardio classes, all different dance classes, all different arts and crafts classes, and stand-up paddleboard, and you name it, we have it. It's such a smorgasbord of transformation and fun. We always say we're on, like, the intersection of transformation and trampolines, um, um, and we have, we, it's at such a gorgeous, gorgeous location in New York. It's right on the Hudson River. You're surrounded by these huge Adirondack trees. It's, it's so amazing. And more than at anything, you come and you meet your people. You meet your, you meet your family. You meet friends that you leave and you'll have for the rest of your life. This isn't like your typical retreat. I've been on so many since I was a kid of like, you go and you're close, but like the friendship doesn't necessarily last beyond you know a few months maybe after the retreat but with soul camp it's like people have met their families people have met their partners people have you know it's just a really magical place so yeah Allie do you want to add anything on top of that the uh, only thing I will add to that is if you're someone that's looking for more if you're looking to make an impact if you're looking to um know that there's a next iteration or evolution of you. This is this is the place, the home to explore that. That's the only thing I'll add. But you, you got the rest of it. And to be clear, it's men and women, yes? 
Yes. Men and women. Yeah. But the we have men's bunks. We have men's only bunks. We have co-ed bunks. We have couple bunks. We have couples who come together. And we have like men's groups, you know, men's specific workshops happening throughout the day. So, yeah. Oh, men too. So fun. I love it. Okay, guys, if y'all are interested in going to Soul Camp, which I think it sounds like a freaking amazing idea, I will have the links to both of those camps, the New York one and the Cali one, on the show notes for this episode, episode 163. They are affiliate links, so I would so appreciate if you would use those links to sign up. And yeah, let them know if you have any questions at all. Are you ladies ready for the quick fire round? What? We're ready. Yeah. All right. So it how it goes, y'all y'all know it. It's just whatever comes to your mind first. To keep this organized, Michelle, I'll let you go first, and then Allison, I'll let you go right after. Perfect. All right. If you could live anywhere in the world besides current home, where would it be? Boulder. Ooh. Yeah. Heck yeah. and i'm coming to the southwest too i said i'm gonna say arizona i've been thinking about arizona lately freaking sweet we could all hang out i'd finally be able to meet y'all it'd be amazing yeah Yeah. (laughs) what did each of you eat for breakfast i had two pieces of ezekiel bread a quarter of an avocado and two eggs (laughs) <laughs> Michelle, we're still the same. I had two Ezekiel, <laughs> um, two hard-boiled eggs, and a little handful of blueberries. <laughs> what is the short and sweet version of your morning routine? Um, well, now, wake up, call Allie. <laughs> As of today. <laughs> As of today. Pray for 15 minutes. Um, call my food sponsor, turn over what I'm going to be eating for the day, lie in bed, cuddling with my fiance, um, and then going and doing what is my morning meditation, which is my, my morning workout. And mine is, um, my boyfriend gives me a hug before he leaves and then I go to sleep for 20 minutes and then talk to Michelle and pray. And I listen to a podcast that just gets me inspired in the morning and, I meditate for five minutes and then I get, oh, then I make breakfast. I guess it's a long routine. I make breakfast <laughs> and then get going. <laughs> what is the biggest quality turn on in a partner? In a romantic partner? Yes. <laughs> um, for me, it really is a sense of play. Mm-hmm. Sense of play. Yeah. Mine is kindness. Who are three people you'd invite to your perfect dinner party? Tony Robbins. Um, <laughs> the end. No, Tony Robbins. <laughs> Alma and Billy Joel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I have to say John Mayer even though he is supposedly not so nice. I love his music. Jason Mraz and Lady Gaga. (laughs) All of those are musicians, but I think that would be a great combination. Oh, and I have to add Michelle in there because I would want her to enjoy all of that. Oh, I would want Allie there too. (laughs) I was was even going to say, okay, each other, y'all are a given already. So you're already there. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite meal right now? Avocado toast. Mm. What's my favorite meal right now? Um, I've been making this quinoa with pesto and avocado. 
that's delish that I had for lunch today. So clearly on my mind, that's my favorite. If love tasted like a flavor, what would it be? Cookie dough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Watermelon. Ooh. (laughs) That's different. And like, so good. So good. Um, one of my guests, it was so funny. He said, um, a pot roast. And I was like, (laughs) he was just like, he was like, it was the way he described it was perfect. He was like, well, you know, passion, romance, that's like something light and fruity or whatever. But love is hearty and satiating and long lasting and thick and juicy. And I was like, whoa. My goodness. It was good. Deep answer. It was great. Y'all's answers are great too. Trust me. That's a great <laughs> okay. Um, what is one must-read book? The Untethered Soul oh, yes. by Michael Singer. Oh, I love the book. Yeah, it's a good one. A Woman's Worth by Marianne Williamson. Mm. All right. And last question for each of you. What do you know for sure? That life – well, two things. Number one, that Soul Camp is meant to happen. And number two, that <laughs> life is happening – for us, not to us. Mm. I know that love is real. Aww. Aww, you guys are so cute. Those are <laughs> wonderful answers. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me on the Mind Body Musings podcast. I know all of my listeners could use more play in their life. All of them. I mean, there's never enough play. So thank you for coming on, sharing your story from being driven and on a different career path to finding your feminine flow and your intuition and for inspiring all of us. Thanks so much for having us. This was such a fun, enlightening conversation. I know you're amazing. I'm obsessed with you. Thank you. (laughs) That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Thank you, guys. Okay, yeah. everyone, if you want to get all of the show notes, the links to the books, the links to Soul Camp, you can go over to episode 163 with Allie and Michelle of Soul Camp. And while you're there, if you haven't yet downloaded your free audio guide for Pillars of Femininity for Perfectionists, you can get that on the homepage or also on the podcast show notes thank you for listening as you always do it means so much to me and i'll see you guys next week If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.